Tonight our Bible study begins in Luke 17, 20, and Jesus answers questions about when the kingdom of God will come, and specifically the second coming of Jesus Christ. Christ's kingdom reign is coming. So as we begin, 17 beginning at verse 20, And when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation, neither shall they say, Lo here, or lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. I'm going to pause there for just a moment. This was not an unusual question. The religious leaders would talk about when is the kingdom coming? Now, if we would back up, and, and we, I don't think we have time tonight to go through a long in-depth, but let me just give you kind of a running start. In Daniel chapter 2, Daniel knew that there were going to be Gentile kingdoms. There were going to be five Gentile kingdoms. There was going to be Babylon, there was going to be Medo-Persia, there was going to be Greece, there was going to be Roman, and then there was going to be a revived Roman Empire. There was a last Roman, there was a last empire that we didn't even really get an animal in chapter 7 that it described it. Daniel knew there were going to be these major kingdoms that took place, and in fact, the wise men, the magi that came, were ones that were in the lineage of Daniel... And that's how they knew to be looking for the Christ. Because you see, in Daniel chapter 9, at the beginning of it, Daniel is talking, is trying to find out when are the 70 years up. And in Daniel chapter 9, we read, he was reading the book of Jeremiah. And as he read the book of Jeremiah, he saw that God had told Jeremiah 100 years earlier, this is when this is going to be over. Reading the book of Jeremiah, he would have seen God loves Israel and God is going to bring Israel back. So he knew that. He also knew by the end of chapter 9 of Daniel that Gabriel told him there's going to be 70 weeks of years. That would be 490 years, 70 sevens of years. Okay, that's how we come up with that. So Daniel is learning. He, he finds out there's going to be 70 weeks of years until the Messiah comes, until the Messiah is going to reign. Now, knowing that, these Pharisees should have been on their game. And that was this. This was the 69th week of years. If they did the counting, they should have known they were very close. In fact, if they would have been counting, they would have known that the time Jesus started his earthly ministry at about 30 A.D. was in fact the 69th week that had been prophesied in the book of Daniel. So as they're talking about it, one, you know, there was not a time when they knew when the birth of Jesus would be. Therefore, the Magi show up they're guessing, they're saying, we've got to be really close to this. We've seen the star, we know this is the time, and they come to Herod, and they say, we've seen the star in the east, where is the king? Where is this new Messiah? 
So these Pharisees now, talking to Jesus, begin with this statement. They demanded of him when the kingdom of God should come. And notice Jesus' response. Jesus' response to them was, it's not going to come in a big observable event. And in our Bibles we read, it says, uh, verse 21, you know, some are going to say, well, here, and some are going to say there, he says, behold, the kingdom of God is within you. That's a difficult, that's a literal translation. King James did a great job in doing a literal translation, but it's a confusing translation because literally he is saying the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. It is right here because you see those Pharisees were not believers. The kingdom of God was not in them. That would mean they were believers, but it was in the midst of them. What was that? It was the king himself was standing right there. I hope that helps make sense to you as you read that, because now as you read that, you begin realizing Jesus is saying, it's not going to be some big fanfare for you. Literally, he is right here, right now. Because you see, these leaders would be debating, when is the Messiah going to come? When is the kingdom going to take place? Now, we read in verse 20. Um, 22, he says unto his disciples, The days will come when ye shall desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and ye shall not see it. And they shall say to you, See here, or see there, go not after them, nor follow them, for as lightning that lighteth out the one part under heaven shineth unto the other part under heaven, so shall also the Son of Man be in his day. Now here he describes... The Son of Man in his day, the day when he will be ruling and reigning. They're asking, when is he coming back? Now, as we read this text, you need to understand something, and that is this. This is not talking about the rapture. This is talking about the coming of the kingdom, which is the second coming. All right. So if you think through your Bible, your Bible timeline, Daniel is prophesying things that are going to take place. We fast forward when Jesus is here, he comes... That's the first coming. He's going to be cut off, which is prophesied in the book of Daniel, chapter 9. And then we realize he is rejected. So now we've got the 69 weeks. He's going to be rejected, but he is going to come back. And when he comes back at the end of the 70th week, which was prophesied 490 years, when he comes back on that 70th week, Jesus is going to come back. He's going to rule. He's going to reign. When we read these texts tonight, you're going you're to hear some things that were confused. Maybe some of it was because of a man that wrote a song that he wrote a real catchy song, but it was theologically incorrect. Maybe some of you remember the song, I Wish We'd All Been Ready. Um, I remember singing that when I was in junior high, and he totally missed what Jesus was talking about. What Jesus was describing was not the rapture when two men, two women are there, one in bed, the other one, two are in bed, one gets taken, two are in the field, one gets taken. That's not the rapture. That is the second coming and that is the judgment that people are taking. The people that are left are the believers. 
So as we read this, just keep that in mind. The rapture is not going to be discussed in our text tonight because this was primarily written for Jews and for Gentiles to understand what was going to happen to the Jews. All right, so let's dive into this text, and we'll try in just about 10 minutes to, um, to get through what Jesus was teaching here and then learn a very important lesson for us tonight. So we've seen the certainty of God's word. It's fascinating to me that Daniel is calling Jeremiah the word of the Lord. And we're going to find throughout Scripture, Scripture is always verifying itself. You're going to see in our text tonight, I want you to notice Jesus refers to Noah. What do we know about the flood? Jesus believed it was true. That's not a fable. Those aren't things that we just ignore. Do you know Jesus refers to Sodom and Gomorrah and to Lot? What do we know about those people? They were real people. It really happened. I mention that to you because sometimes we're reading along and we don't necessarily make the things click. What I want you to know is the Bible that you hold, Jesus said, was authoritative. Jesus believed that the Bible you hold is accurate. And if Jesus believed it was accurate and it's not, what do you know about Jesus? He's not who he claimed he was. Just important things, sidelights as we come along here. Now, what does Jesus say? First of all, um, there's going to come a time, verse 22, there's going to come a time when you are going to wish that I was here, but I won't be. Oh, what are we learning? There's, there were times coming after Jesus' death, his burial, his resurrection, Acts chapter 1, Jesus ascends up into heaven, and there's going to come a time of persecution that the people are going to say, I wish he was here. How we long for the days when Jesus walked on this earth. But he said, but I'm not going to be here. Then we go to verse 23, and he says, do not think that my return will be easily missed. He said, some people are going to say, oh, no, no, Jesus is over here. Oh, no, Jesus has come back. He's over here. And he says, no, no. Just like lightning that you see, when lightning strikes and it happens here, it lights up everything and you see it. When Jesus comes back, his second coming will be a global event. He mentions it here and then we're going to see it at the very end of our text tonight. This is a global event. Everyone will know what's taking place when Jesus Christ comes back and he sets his feet on this earth. We come to verse 25. He says, but when does the kingdom come? When does these, the days of the Son of Man, when he's going to be in charge, when does this take place? First of all, he says, first, he must suffer many things and be rejected of this generation. So Jesus was telling his disciples, he said, look, don't think that this is going to take place right now. It's not. I'm going to be gone for a while. You're going to look for me. I'm going to be rejected by this generation. I'm going to have to suffer. I'm going to have to die. So don't think that I'm, this is going to take place right at this moment. Verses 26 through 30, I want you to notice something. He says, my return will be as the days of Noah and of Lot. What do we know about the days of Noah and of Lot? First of all, Noah. 
What were people doing? They were making fun of Noah. He was preaching righteousness for all these years, and people weren't paying attention to him. And they were marrying, and they were drinking, and they were partying. And what happened? All of a sudden, the rains came. And who survived? Not the, not the crowds. God didn't remove Noah. God protected Noah. What happened in the days of Lot? They were partying. They were having a great time. And what happened? God protected Lot and destroyed, judged Sodom and Gomorrah. So as you're thinking about this, notice it was sudden, it was unexpected, life was going on as usual, it was a time of incredible wickedness, it was a time of perversion, all of those things today. There's never been a time in this world when that hasn't been going on. Today, it is entirely possible that we are, in fact, we know, we are closer to Christ's second coming but we also know something else. We know we will not be here. We'll see. I don't know that we'll get to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 through 11 tonight. We will not be here when this second coming takes place. We will come with him at that point. We will be taken out. So as we start looking at this, we start realizing, um, he says, there is a judgment that is coming before this millennial reign is going to take place. It's going to be a global event. Um, he says in verse 27 what it's like in Noah's day, verse 28 what it's like in Lot's day. They drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone and destroyed them all. Verse 30, even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. In that day, he which shall be upon the housetop and his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. And he that is in the field, let him not re likewise uh, return back. Remember Lot's wife. Jesus is saying, remember, this is going to happen very suddenly. And there is not time to be torn between the two. There is not time to, uh, to be double-minded about this. He says, um, whosoever shall seek to save his stuff, his life, shall lose it. And whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. I tell you, in that night there shall be two men in one bed, two in one bed is what it's telling you. The one shall be taken, the other shall be left. There will be two grinding, at, grinding together. The one shall be taken, the other left. Two in the field, the one shall be taken, the other left. And verse 37, he says, And they answered and said unto him, Where, Lord, where will they be taken? Where will these people go? And he said unto them, Wheresoever the body is, thither the eagles shall be gathered together. Now, where that takes us, we're thinking about uh, Revelation chapter 19, where he talks about in that great judgment where the eagles will come, the vultures will come, and will feed on the bodies, the carnage that takes place. Um, in Matthew chapter 24, he talks about this. 
But in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and let's just briefly look there, because I want you to, to just have the tools to go back and research this yourself. Paul, speaking to believers in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, beginning at verse 1, says, But of the times and of the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. It's going to happen suddenly. It's going to happen when it's unexpected. For when they say peace and safety, then cometh sudden destruction upon them, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light and the children of day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that are drunken are drunk in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet the hope of deliverance, the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that... Whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. You notice he's talking about whether we wake or sleep. He's talked about that in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, where he talks about, brethren, I don't want you to be uninformed about this, about our brethren who have already fallen asleep, and sorrow is those who have no hope. Well, obviously, if a person's sleeping, we don't worry about them. It's people who have died that we grieve the separation from them. He continues that thought of uh, 1 Thessalonians 4 of recognizing that we will be raptured out. And then in chapter 5, he says, look, you don't need to worry about this end time because it's not going to sneak up on you because you're children of the light. Now, here's the doctrine that we learn. And the doctrine is this. We learn about the eminency of Jesus Christ. An easy way to remember the eminency of Jesus Christ means it could happen any minute. Eminency, all right? And here's what it's really telling us. We are not looking for signs that are going to be described in Matthew chapter 24. We are not looking for signs of this second coming because we will be gone already. Right now, there is nothing that would prevent Jesus from coming back. He could come back at any time. The tribulation doesn't need to have started for Christians to be taken out. We will be taken out before that time. Daniel was learning about that when there were 69 weeks, and he talks about that. There are seven weeks of years when they rebuilt the temple. Then there were going to be 434 years that would be until the Messiah would come. He would be cut off. And then there is this gap which the Jews didn't know. And that is the church age. Then when the church is removed, the time clock will then start again, not at the rapture, but at the signing of a treaty. Daniel chapter 9 talks about this man... This Antichrist will sign a treaty. That starts the 70th week. Jesus will come back at the end of that 70th week, the end of that seven years. So Jesus is describing for his disciples, here's what this looks like. 
Here's what's going to happen for Israel. The important thing as we look at this is we think about our Lord. When these Pharisees demanded an answer of him and said, when would the kingdom of God come? Jesus loved them even though they were abrupt, maybe rude. And Jesus said, I'm here. I'm here. And then to the believers, to his disciples, he says, let me just, you need to know something. It's not going to happen right now. He said, people are going to say it's happening right now, but he said, don't worry about it. He said, just as the lightning strikes and it is seen through the whole sky in that same way, my coming will be. He describes two people in bed and two people at work. Well, how does that take place? Well, you can say maybe they were on the night shift, but the reality was he's talking about a global event. While some people are sleeping, some people are working. This is all around the world. He says this is going to happen, and it's going to happen very quickly. The Lord's coming is soon. I don't know when that's going to take place. I do know that Jesus could come and rapture us at any minute. So as we look at our as we look at our scriptures for tonight, the thing to be encouraged with is this. Jesus is coming. We know that in Jesus is coming. Um, Jesus is going to reign. He will be totally in charge. And we're going to see a thousand year reign that's going to come but it won't happen in our lifetime because he told his people, and in fact, Paul very specifically said, I'm going to explain something to you that previously wasn't understood. I'm going to, I'm going to show you a mystery. I'm going to tell you something you didn't understand. He said, God didn't appoint you to wrath. You're not going to go through that time of difficulty. You'll be gone. So our text tonight is really focused on Israel. But what can we as Christians take from this? If we're not going to be here, what we can take from this is, one, our God is supreme. He's not caught off guard by what's taking place. He loves us so much, he's going to take us out before that judgment comes. But for me, the thing that really challenged me is, are there some people that I really want to make sure they know about this before I'm taken? Are there neighbors? Are there family that need to know? Maybe they've heard it over and over again. Who do I still want to hear this gospel. And the other thing is, it's easy for me to get distracted with this world. Maybe it is for you too. It's easy to begin very thinking very horizontally rather than vertically. And a text like this reminds us, you know, since we are saved, we need to set our affections on things above. 
stay focused, remember that this stuff is only stuff. I'm thankful for my home. I love having people into my home. I'm grateful to have a warm place to go back to tonight when we're done. But it's just stuff. I'm so grateful for a car that starts and gets me where I need to go. But at the end of the day, that's not the most important thing. But you know what? Sometimes I struggle with that. Sometimes I start thinking that way. I start thinking this way. And a text like this reminds me, I'm serving the King of Kings. That people need to know about him. And I need to make sure that my life doesn't get junky in the meantime. And maybe this evening, as we're thinking about this, it could be a challenge to you as well. Don't let your life become horizontal. Now, we still have to live here. And we care about the people that are here. Focus on making sure they get the word so that they're not here when what Jesus described takes place. Because Christ's kingdom, his reign is coming.